Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. This is episode 91 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and many of you have been on the journey with us the whole time, and uh, that is awesome. Pastor, you know what I like what we're doing right now is is, is how we're supplementing what we're doing on Sunday morning. I think that's a really good thing to do to impact uh, uh, more lives, you know, uh, because there are people that are listening here that don't typically come to church. So um, I'm I'm excited about that opportunity. But anyway, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Yeah, but anyway, uh, everybody, get out there, invite more people. Uh, Pastor Thomas, tell me some of the numbers, and it's just exciting yeah, to hear how many people, people are listening. listening. That's so a good thing. that's good, and it's because of you doing that. Because Facebook, Twitter, text, and all the things that they've been doing to and invite. We're getting people. closer and closer to a hundred, and we are getting close that that too. So that's coming. They're going to be watching us eat cake and all eat that cake that your that. wife is making. <laughs> yeah, but she's all, she's she's waffling on that. <laughs> she thinks your wife should make it because have she they loves, even had a conversation about this? Yeah. Yeah, I think they have. They have, okay. So uh, anyway, if they haven't, I, I will make sure that all she right, has that right, conversation. Right, yeah. But uh, anyway, so just uh, get the word out, uh, re- uh, make the touch go further and further and further, help influence others about knowing what the word of God says and how Absolutely. it impacts our, impact our daily lives. Well, Pastor, um, this this past week, uh, one of the one of the things you talked about was the importance of men to the family yeah. and what the impact that those those men make. Uh, you know, for us to be able to come back now and say, okay, these are the this is what's really going to make a difference. Really, is a men can be a real spiritual force yeah. in the lives of their families. Absolutely, absolutely. So before we talk about pops, you you hit a big goal this week, didn't you? I did. Tell I did. us about the goal that you yeah. achieved. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm 60 years old. And That's not the goal. <laughs> Getting to 60 uh, wasn't no, the goal. That but you, the that goal. is a worthy achievement. For me, it is because yeah. I was, yeah, I've gone 17 years beyond what they thought. But anyway, um, the good news is, is that uh, I read the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation uh, complete in 90 days. Mm. And, um, that was a big deal for me. And, uh, I've since had several people say they've done similar things as yeah. well. So that's really cool. I never I've never knew done it. that. Um, it, it is different. You got to read. It's, it's, it's almost like reading commitment. a novel. It, yeah. It, it, it's just, uh, you, you can't sit there and say, well, I'm going to study this verse and study that verse. Like I was in Mark again this morning. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, after we fin- after I finished, I said, I was going back read the gospels and, there's a couple of verses I could just pull out and say, okay, what is this talking about? Right, and then right. start to do a little more study. So I missed that part, but uh, just to get the overall view was just absolutely incredible. So, yeah. So about what, an hour a day is what you spent reading? Hour to hour and 15. Okay. So about that's doable. 18 to 20 chapters. That's doable. Yeah. So you do, would do it first thing in the morning? Is that kind of your routine? Got first thing yeah, in the morning? Yeah. I got up extra early so that I had the time to do it. So. Nice. Nice. Well, that's a pretty good uh, achievement. I'm proud of you. So how many times now have you read through the Bible? Do you know? Uh, I have. I think this is probably about the 30th time, maybe. Yeah, wow. 30th over over my, but I mean, I've been saved for, yeah. I read within the first few months of my Christian walk, I had already read the Bible through in the King James Version, by the way. Uh, uh, I wouldn't get past Genesis and that. Uh, our church, that's all they had. And I didn't know yeah, there was any other Bible because yeah. I had that little child's Bible that was King right, James Version right, I was right. given when I was, uh, whatever they did, dedicated many years ago. But anyway, so that's what I read through yeah. and. 
Well, congratulations, Trey. And I, I wanted to bring that up because when we're talking about manhood and the, the influence that men have over their homes, we're going to talk about this in a moment, but it starts with men who are committed to Jesus Amen. and men who are committed to uh, the word of God. Mm-hmm. And you have shown that in these last 90 days that you're committed to the word of God, but you've also shown that over a lifetime. And I'm sure, sure that your, your kids have seen that. Um, you know, we talked a couple of Sundays ago, we finished up on Easter Sunday, we finished up Genesis chapter three. And mm-hmm. so a couple of Sundays ago, we were took, looking at the fall mm-hmm. of Adam and Eve and, and that, that passage in Genesis three, where, where Eve gives into the temptation there that, that Satan tempted her with ate the fruit and Adam is standing there and he eats the fruit as well, mm-hmm. but he never does anything to stop Eve. Mm. That's, That's tragic. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. You, and we talked about on that Sunday morning, how, you know, God designed Adam and Eve for each other to, to help each other. And in that situation, neither one of them helped the mm-hmm. other. You know, we always talk about consequences of actions. Yeah. But this, there are also consequences for no action. Yeah, none. Wow. Well, there was an action. He did what his wife did. He ate the fruit. <laughs> but he didn't stop her. He, he, didn't, yeah. he was not the spiritual leader mm-hmm. that he needed to be in that moment, yeah. uh, telling Adam or telling Eve not to listen to the voice of the enemy. And gave in. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought it would be, and on that Sunday morning, you remember, Trey, we took a few moments and challenged the men in our congregation because, and just this idea of, of manhood and the significant influence that men have over their families, their wives and their kids. I think we underestimate the power of influence. I, 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 and we're not trying to be old fashioned and, you know, but just the reality. I mean, this is just reality, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's just part of God's design. Uh, that the man really does set the tone for the home. Mm. Yeah, he does. Right. It just that's just the way it is, and 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 that's not you know being um, you know anti this or anti that. That's not um, not being chauvinistic. That's just if you come from a home where there was a father present and a mother present, you know that dad he he set the tone in the home. I mean, mm-hmm. Mama, thank God, has a lot of spiritual influence. And, and, and many of us today are, are saved because of the influence of a godly woman. But the statistics are that uh, having a spiritual man in the home, for instance, if, oh, we, if we lead a man to Christ and he goes back and brings his church, family to church and begins the process of discipleship and all those things, Absolutely. the rest of his family is going to follow. We've seen this play out in ministry over and over again over our years, haven't we, Trey? That if a, if a woman gives her life to Jesus, mm. praise God. Yes, amen. Uh, but that doesn't guarantee that um, because she gives her life to Jesus that her husband is going to give his life to Jesus, mm-hmm. that she, he's going to follow her. However, on the flip side... Man, it, it almost happens every single time. It's in the 90s. Oh, man. I, yeah. I, mean, I can tell you from, from, from personal experience over the years, mm-hmm. if a man gives his life to Jesus, it is highly probable that his wife is going to follow his leadership and give her life to Jesus as well. Mm-hmm. I've seen that over and over again. And so there, there is just some, some significance, um, some spiritual influence that, that men have in the home. And, you know, I said it that Sunday, and I, and I really believe it's true, that um, for, for your kids, the greatest spiritual influence that your kids, is going, your kids are going to have over their lives is, is their father. Mm-hmm. That doesn't diminish the role of mom. No, mom, not at mom all. Mom is certainly a spiritual influence. Uh, I think in our home, how consistent my wife is in praying with our boys and and reading them scripture and helping them think through things from a, a God-centered perspective. She is faithful in that. But I know that my boys listen to me. Mm. They listen to mama. No, no doubt about it. But 
But there's something about when daddy speaks and oh, yeah. daddy starts to influence and spend time that, that it's a really big deal. And just, just, you know, statistics bear this out. Uh, now, this is not necessarily, these statistics aren't necessarily about uh, from a Christian perspective, but they kind of give you an idea just in our culture, not just in a, a Christian family, but just in culture at large, how significant it is when a father is just present in a home. Uh, not even spiritually present, just physically present in the home. Think about this, Trey. This comes um, uh, from from the Texas Department of Corrections. 85% of youth who are currently in prison grew up in a fatherless home. Mm. 85%. That's or think about this. This comes from the U.S. Department of Justice. Seven out of every 10 youth that are housed in state-operated correctional facilities, including detention and residential treatment, come from a fatherless home. Think about, and this, this one surprised me. I had no idea. This one surprised me. This is from NPR, uh, so pretty reputable source. 39% of students in the United States from first grade to their senior year of high school do not have a father at home. Children without what? a father. I know, isn't that wild? I could, I, that one was hard for me to believe. Wow. But it's NPR. They got to be right, right? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but it says children without a father, listen to this, children without a father are four times more likely to be living in poverty than children with a father. NPR also said this, that children from fatherless homes are twice as likely to drop out of school uh, before graduating than children who have a father in their lives. Mm. 24.7, this is NPR as well, 24.7 million children in the United States live in a home where their biological father is not present. Oh that is heavens. one in every three children. Oh my one in three kids in the United States do not have their biological father in the home. I don't, I just don't, I can't even, I know that. No. <laughs> but I mean, my whole life was built around my yeah, children. Yeah. You know, Jesus and my children, yeah. you know, and I would give my life for my children, yeah. much less would I stay with them, you yeah. know. And, and I think uh, about you, Trey, I mean, I, I heartbreaking. know, I know you, you came from a home where your father was present. Mm -hmm. I came from a home where my father was present. Uh, exactly. I think for both of us, it made all the difference in the world to have a family that was intact. My dad made sure that he was at every sports event that I ever did. Yeah. Why? I don't know. He was, he was there. Um, and he was, I mean, he was a salesman and he was on the road a lot, but he would come home to be at my sporting events. Uh, he got in, us involved in uh, motorcycles. This had nothing to do with Christian. Now we weren't yeah, Christians yeah. at all, but still he, he was that father figure. Yeah. You know, he, he got us involved in motorcycles. He was with us all the time. We were with him in the shop working on the things and we were, we spent huge amounts of time right, together. Right. I know my, my dad was the same way. My dad, he worked, um, uh, at a paper mill. Mm. He works lots of hours. As did my dad. Oh yeah. 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 My dad worked lots and lots of hours. He worked a lot of overtime. There yeah. were many evenings that I did not see him come home until seven or eight o'clock at night. But I, I don't, I'm like you, Trey, I don't remember him not being at a baseball game mm -hmm. or things. I mean, you know, my story that, that, you know, I, I, I grew up playing the piano mm -hmm. and, and, uh, um, one, I don't remember my father never being in church. He was always in church and mm -hmm. took us to church and did a good job of discipling us in the home. Um, but, but think about piano, um, my dad was an athlete. My dad played baseball growing up. He played semi-pro baseball. He was a power lifter, all those things, but he was the one that really, um, encouraged me the most in piano. Wow. He was the one that pushed great. it. He was the one that made sure I practiced every day. My mom did too, but he really pushed it. He, he was the one that took me to most of my piano lessons. Wow. That's awesome. And so, you know, and so, you know, uh, just reality, you, you think about, you know, um, you know, manliness, music or sports, right? Mm -hmm. We think manliness more sports than music. Yeah. Yeah. You but would. my dad really wanted me to have those opportunities. And I think because he was such an athlete, mm -hmm. uh, he really, 
helped to normalize music for me, that mm-hmm. it was something I could do. I could be an athlete and a musician. There was mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that, you know? Yeah. So, but that influence, just all that to say, that influence on my life, just like the influence on your life from a father, it was so significant. And I hope, and I know for you, you've got kids that are grown now. You've been that same influence on your kids. And then hopefully I'm being that same influence on my Amen. kids as well. You well know, I know just, you are. It's just hugely important. And there's no way that you can say, <laughs> it just always hurts my heart when I say a family without a father is, you know, that's no big deal. You know, we, we can make it through. And I know they're saying those things because they want to make it through. Right. And they're trying to encourage themselves. But dads, just please be present be, in be your present, children's be lives. Present. Now, I want before we dive into these seven commitments, we're going to have to get into these seven commitments in, just a, commitments in just a second. I do want to speak to some mothers who are listening. Who yes, maybe it's please not do. possible uh, for them to have a father presence in the home mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Maybe there's been a divorce. Maybe the father's passed away. Maybe mm-hmm. the father has abandoned. You know, there there are life situations yes, where there now are. there are moms who long to have a father figure in their child's life, but because of circumstances that, that doesn't seem possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to encourage you as moms who might be single mothers to stay committed to your local church Amen. and seek out godly men who can be a father figure, mm-hmm. uh, to your kids. Um, I, I know, you know, um, there will never be anything like having a father figure that's in the home present, but you can have male influences on the lives of your kids that will be really beneficial. You know, my, my, my parents aren't here. Stacy's parents aren't here. They, mm-hmm. they live in different parts. I mean, my, my parents are a few hours away and Stacy's parents are in new Orleans, you know, hours and hours away. Uh, so my kids don't get to see their grandparents as often as we'd like. And so we have a, a couple in this church who's kind of adopted and my that's kids a neat thing, yeah. as, as their grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And that's been, so, so they're getting a good grandfather and mm-hmm. grandmother in their lives close by and, and that's been really good that, mm-hmm. because that, that's reinforced for me some of the things we're trying to do in the home. And, and just it's for us, it's just another male figure in my boys' lives that's been really, really beneficial. So there are people that would love, I think, to, to help you and to come alongside of you and, and bless your children. I will say all male figures are not created equal. No, they're not. I know that our boys are mainly attracted to, like, coaches. You know, they, they want to be around them. I was around those guys, yeah, you know, yeah, and you were too. So, yeah, some were some were better than others, but you know, just because a guy has influence over your child doesn't necessarily mean good. So right. make sure you have that spiritual, godly influence. You know? and, and that's what about our church here at Northwood. We have lots of guys. That Amen. Are, we that do are godly influences and that are investing into our kids. And I'm always glad to see that. Okay, let's quickly get into these seven commitments because we're 15 minutes in. We haven't <laughs> made it. We haven't talked about any of these. We got to well, go fast. Let's do it. All right. First of all, seven commitments. I will I will make following Jesus my first priority. All right, men, this is it. This is this is it. I will make following Jesus my first priority. You think about Adam and Eve in the garden, mm-hmm. both falling in the sin. Uh, obviously, in that moment when Adam and Eve were tempted, following God's command was not the first priority of Adam or Eve, and it led to their downfall. And ultimately to the downfall of the entire of all, world. Of all of us, yeah. Um, and so, so man, I, I know this is basic. I, I know you've heard this before. Man, just making Jesus your first priority. That, that's If you're going to be the godly influence in your home that God wants you to be, it's Jesus first. Jesus, it's Jesus in everything, that, that he is your all in all. And so it's making those decisions today that, that puts you in a position uh, to, to walk faithfully with God where he can grow you to be the kind of man that he wants you to be. Make Jesus your first priority. And the second one goes right along with that. 
And number two, I will daily spend time with the Lord. Yeah, that that's that's the way you grow mm-hmm. in making Jesus your first priority is you spend time with him. You think about, Trey, what you just did, 90 yeah. days through the Bible. I'm not saying that, you know, fathers, if you're listening, you need to read through the Bible in 90 days. <laughs> that That's a pretty tall task. Yeah, it is. But just taking the time every day. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what I want, I'll tell you why this is important. I want to grow my own walk of the Lord. So it's important for me to every day to get up and spend time in the Word and to mm-hmm. pray. And, you know, that's important for my own spiritual nourishment. And what that does, and, and, and the way it works in my home, and people have heard me talk about this before, because I have a family, or I have boys that tend to rise early. My youngest son is up usually by 6 or 6.30. Yeah. I got to get up even earlier to beat him up, not yeah. beat him up physically, but to, to, to be <laughs> wake up, up before wake he up is before up, him. wake up yeah. before him. Yeah. And so, so, I mean, up every day, like clockwork, I'm up at five o'clock. That's yeah. my routine. That's my discipline. And, and I'm in the word and, and, and here's what happens every day when Hudson comes downstairs at six o'clock, he sees me in the word. And that is powerful. I think it is. That too. is a powerful figure that he will never forget. I hope so. And that's, and I, I want that. I want my boys to Amen. see me in the word. Amen. I want them to see me work in the spiritual disciplines. I want them to see me praying. I want them to see that. See, I was told that I shouldn't do that because, you know, that we're supposed to go in our closet and let no one know. And I said, well, if I lose my, if I lose my reward so that my son can see somebody being (laughs) in the word of God, then I'm okay with that. You know, somehow that makes me a bad father or a bad Christian, you know, which it doesn't. It doesn't. But, but But my point is, is that they do need to see that. I want my kids to know this is a normal part Amen. of life. And what we do is we get up and we give our time to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So so every day, that's what I want my boys to see as, as often as possible. Um, you know, they see me studying the word, preparing for sermons. They see that's just a natural part of my life. And I want it to be a natural part of their lives as well. So I think it's a, a, a good thing to model that daily spending time with the Lord before your kids. I do think that reflects back to point one, though. They see that Jesus is our first party when we say this is the most important thing to me in the first Absolutely. thing in the morning. Absolutely. All right. Number three, I will pursue my wife more than I pursue my career or my hobbies. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love and that, it. And that's honestly, Trey, that's probably something we all need to work on. Amen. Because I, I love my career. I love mm-hmm. being a pastor of, of Northwood. I, I love my, my job teaching adjunct at CSU. Um, I have lots of things that I do, you know, uh, career. And, um, you know, there's some some interest I have that I like to pursue in my little, little bit of free time that I have. I mean, there, there's a, those are things that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but the reality is, right, the reality is, is that um, uh, I did not make a covenant with my career. That's right. right. That's exactly right. I didn't make a covenant before God with my career. I did make a covenant before God with my wife. Mm -hmm. And I know for me personally, I I need to pay attention to that covenant and I need to pursue my wife and spend time with her and talk. And and I, I fell quite often with this and I'm, I'm trying to get better of just making more time to spend my wife to let her know that she is the priority of my life. And because, I mean, you know, you think about it, um, that's the model that Jesus or that, that Paul gives us in Ephesians chapter five. We've mm-hmm. talked about so much on Sunday mornings, this idea of, of, you know, God uses our marriage for our spiritual growth and, you know, the role of the husband to, to sanctify his wife in Christ, to help her grow in holiness. And I, I can't do that if I'm not pursuing my wife. And so I know for all of us men making our marriage a priority, a, a bigger priority than our careers and our hobbies is super important. And if, you know, if you're working 40, 50 hours a week, and then you choose on your day off to spend, you know, six, seven hours in the woods hunting or four or five hours on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know how wise that is. It's yeah. good to have hobbies, but when those hobbies supersede time that you could be spending with your wife and your family, I think you need to, you know, kind of evaluate your hobbies a bit. You know, my wife and I, what we do is we just 
get involved in each other's hobbies. So she likes house stuff. So yeah. I, I do house stuff with her. I hate house stuff. <laughs> I do too, but I mean, I do it with her. <laughs> we even watch HGTV together, which you yeah. know, I know I just got my man card taken yeah. away, but anyway. There's a couple of shows I watch on HGTV. <laughs> my wife is into uh, this one about castles right now, and I can't. This, this, I don't know if you've even. seen this one, but it's this these, this couple goes in, or these couples go uh-huh. in, and they fix up these old castles yeah. and then rent them out as B&Bs or whatever. And I, I can't handle that one. <laughs> and but, then, anyway. but, she, but she'll watch football with me. There she'll you watch, go. She'll watch NASCAR go. with me there too. So anyway. There you go. All right, number four. Uh, I will handle my wife with care and children with care. Yeah. So when I say that, I'm getting that one from, um, from first Peter chapter three In first Peter chapter three, when Peter writes, Peter talks about how, how the woman is the weaker vessel. And we've talked about that, Trey. We've talked about mm-hmm. that passage where Peter calls the woman, the weaker vessel. And, and, and we've said, the reality is, is that the woman is not weaker. No, of course but this not. This idea that, um, that, that, She's fragile. Yeah. That, I, I actually heard the word precious, like precious. We are a precious vessel. Yeah. Like our fine China. Yeah. Like fine China. Right? Yeah. So, so just something that's fragile or something that's precious. When mm-hmm. I say fragile, I'm just mean that delicate mm-hmm. and, and valuable. Whatever is fragile is valuable to you and you handle it with care. And so, so just this reality is men handling our wives with care and handling our children with care. And when I, when I talk about handling our wives and our children with care, I'm, I'm thinking in specific about that, that character quality of Christ that we talked about in the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Gentleness. Amen. I like it. Gentleness. I like it. You know, uh, now with my boys, I will just tell you, I was always rough. Yeah. And, but I also, they, so I was rough, but I was all, they knew I love, they not knew yeah. I demonstrated my love to them in kind and gentle ways many times. Yeah. Uh, sometimes for instance, when they deserved a, a paddling, yeah, you know, I didn't do it. I just said, you know, we're going to show right. gra- We're going to show grace this time. Right. And they, cause I want them to see Jesus in yeah. me, yeah. even as a dad. Yeah. And it's not about being mean it's and, not, and, it's not. and an and ornery I, and, I and an ogre all some the of time. Us, yeah. For some of us, that's our default. Our default is grumpiness mm-hmm. and our default is fussing mm-hmm. and raising our voices mm-hmm. at our wives and our kids. And it's not effective. No, it's and not. It's now, like there, the worst thing you is, can do. It is. There are times when I do it and I always feel bad when I do it because it's just the way life works. You get so frustrated and you get, and you get angry. And then before you know it, it comes out and you've raised your voice. But man, I try to be real intentional and not raise my voice at my Amen. wife and my kids because I want them to learn how to communicate. Amen. And that's not how we communicate. Yelling is not communicating. That, that's not communication. It's not the way we talk to people. It's not. It's it's not showing gentleness. It's mm-hmm. not showing love. It's mm-hmm. not. And when you yell and scream, what you're showing is you know you're letting your anger fly and you're mm-hmm. showing your selfishness. And so so that's the idea of handling my wife and my children with care. That I want to be gentle in the way that I deal with them. It doesn't mean I'm not firm with my kids in particular. That that you know they need to know there are consequences for sin, mm-hmm. and you know Daddy's going to give them consequences when they disobey and all those kinds of things. Uh, but I mean I want to be gentle. I don't want to raise my voice. I want to talk with them uh, in a tone where they can understand and that they can learn. This is how we communicate. Amen. And so, so, and, and just reality is, is that when we raise our voice and we start to yell at our kids, we end up saying things that we, we regret, like you'll never amount to anything or oh, where the case may be. And those, those kinds of words can scar your kids for a mm-hmm. very long time. Or even, you know, again, being a man, we say things, especially on the sports field, you say things and you regret them. Yeah. And you, yeah. And, and you know that that is going to affect. I have always, I made a commitment a long time ago that I would never call my children stupid. Yeah. Or dumb. Yeah. Or any of those kind of terms that we just kind of throw out there at times. Right. Because, I mean, they never forget that. They, they never forget they it. They don't. Be very careful and, uh, with your language. Yes, very careful. And when you're angry, 
oftentimes you'll let things slip. So if you get angry a lot, just walk just away. Just be quiet. Just, just walk quiet. away. Come back yes. and do it later. Do yeah. what you have to just don't say things that you know are going to uh, negatively affect your children. It's just not wise. My dad taught me that what I should do when you discipline is you actually tell your child to go to the room. Mm. And you calm down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You just calm down. And then an hour later, you come back with common sense and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. You're going to be, you know, not be able to do that for a week or yeah. whatever you come up with. Right, right, You right. know, you, you change. So, but instead of saying, you're never going to do that again, yeah. you know, you know, it's, you, you say things you regret. Yeah, so absolutely. anyway, all right. Um, so then, and, and I like number five because it's more action oriented. Yeah. And that is this, I will show my children what it means to follow Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked about making Jesus the first priority, and we've talked about daily spending time with Jesus. But let's talk about showing my children what it means to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm talking about in your daily decisions. Yes, yes. Being a man of integrity, mm-hmm. uh, showing your kids and showing your wife that that who you are in Christ matters and, and, and making choices that are consistent with mm-hmm. God's word matters. It's just about being a man of integrity. We talked about for, you know, weeks, the fruit of the spirit, and it's, it's living those things out before your wife and before your children. They need to see what it looks like, not only for you to read the Bible and pray, but what it looks like to live for mm, Jesus. Live what it, it looks like for yeah. you to, you know, show an interest in the lives of others for the sake of the gospel, to mm-hmm. invite a neighbor over, to mm-hmm. have a gospel conversation with them, to what it looks like for daddy to go on a mission trip and maybe someday to take, you know, take a boy or a, a daughter with them. Them, yes, right. I mean, yes. that, that's, that's what your kids, they need to see that from, mm-hmm. from dad. I mean, that, that speaks volume to your kids when they see you faithfully living out, um, your, your Christian witness before them, they need to see that. And sometimes, uh, the integrity issue can become hypocrisy because somehow we don't want our children to see other things about us. Yeah. So there is this transparency that we also need to have. Yeah, absolutely. It's not trying to hide our lifestyle away from our children, you know. Yeah. Uh, My mom was that one who would never let me see her smoking, Mm. although she smoked. Mm. Mm. Uh, She gave it up as she came to the Lord. But the point was is that, you know, that was an issue. She she felt like, I can't let my children see me smoke. So whatever that issue is in your life, you know, you know, we need to, we need to be authentic and the word you use men of integrity. Right. Right. Absolutely. All right. Number five, I will, a six, excuse me. I will spend time with my wife and children. Yeah. You already talked about this. You talked about the significance of your dad's being time with you. The significance of my dad's being time with me. I mean, Time is a valuable currency in the life of your kids and your wife. Mm -hmm. I I know, I know for my wife and I, man, I, gosh, I need to improve in this greatly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, you know, quality time. It's a big deal to my wife. It's a big deal to my boys. Yeah. But my boys thrive when I spend one-on-one time with them, when I take one of them to breakfast mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Uh, they want one-on-one time with daddy. And, and it's hard. It's hard because of, of my schedule and probably you men listening, your schedule, it's, mm-hmm. it's difficult. But I, I'm telling you, that one-on-one time that you spend with each of your children and you spend with your wife, it pays off huge relational dividends. Mm-hmm. It builds trust. It builds, it builds all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff that's so important in relationships. And so making that time to spend with your wife, or your children one-on-one is hugely important. And I know for me personally, I need to do a much better job of that. Well, children, Josh McDowell said these words to children, to dads about children. Uh, the way that they spelt, uh, spell time is L O uh, spell. Love is T I M E. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Number, Absolutely. Number seven. And we'll be done. I will talk. <laughs> wow. What a concept. What a I will concept. talk to my wife and kids. Yeah, right? Because here's what happens. Because it, it happens with me. 
usually, you know, for us, here's what our day looks like. And if you're, you're a, a parent of young kids or teenagers, this is probably what your day looks like to go to work, mm-hmm. get done five, five thirty, whenever you get done with work, go home, eat dinner, get back out the door to go to whatever evening <laughs> activity you have. Baseball practice, karate, school, whatever, whatever the, the, the thing is. I mean, that's for us most nights. Church, mm-hmm. we, there might be one night or two nights a week that we're actually home. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I mean, I think about tonight's karate night. Tomorrow we have a, an engagement here at the church. Saturday, I think Saturday we don't, might not have anything. I don't know. So, but but <laughs> every day, yeah, but every day it, it's something. Yeah. And so what happens is um, by the time we get home in the evening, at least for me, my wife's more of a night owl than I am. I am not. Mm-hmm. Once I once the kids go down to bed and it's 8, 30, 9 o'clock, I'm You're done. You're ready to go. You're ready I'm to crash. Done. I mean, I, yeah. I don't want to talk. I don't want to. I just want to close my eyes and mm-hmm. go to sleep. And so for me. It goes along with that, that idea of spending time with my wife and kids, not only spending time with them by taking them to a baseball game or mm-hmm. karate or whatever the case may be, but making time to have conversation. Mm-hmm. And I need to grow in this a lot, uh, especially if you have um, kids like I do that are that are in those pivotal years. My oldest mm-hmm. son is 10 and just, you know, it's, it's that time in his life where, where he and I need to have some real conversations mm-hmm. about some things and making that time to have those moments where I can speak truth into his life and help him making that time that I can, uh, have with my wife where, where we can have real conversation where she, she knows that I love her and I care about what's going on in her life and I can listen to her and respond. Those things are hugely important. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it goes along with, with time. That's not only time, but it's in that time that you have is talking and, and encouraging and discipling and speaking truth and blessing and, and letting your kids know, man, how much they mean to you mm-hmm. and how proud you are of them and letting your wife know how much you love her and how much you appreciate all she's doing for your family. Those things are hugely important and all that comes through conversation. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, I need to become a, a much better conversationalist in my home. And, and most of us men probably need to. I say two things. Number one, be jealous with your dinner time. That's yeah, what we, we were very yeah, jealous and good. everybody had to come back for dinner. Yeah. We didn't eat in front of the TV. And then no, number two was, is uh, trips. Yeah. And I mean, trips to school, trips to work, whatever you're going and your child is with you, cut off the cotton picking radio yeah. or whatever it is that you're, that you do to podcast and with your child talk. Perfect times to talk. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I did it. Good job. I like it. I like it. <laughs> couple practical things. All right, pastor. Well, this has been great. And I appreciate uh, you spending the time to just t- talk about how we can be better dads and uh, husbands and impact our families in such a great way. Well, why don't you close us out? Yes, I will. Men, be encouraged. Be encouraged. uh, God has given you much influence in your home, and I want you to steward that influence well. I'm praying for you, and I'm rooting for you, and I hope you're praying for me and rooting for me as well uh, because God does want to use us. And so, hey, if this has been helpful for you today, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. You can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, That's always helpful for us to get the word out about this podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.